Well, you glad to be here tonight? We're starting our foundation series tonight. And uh, I want you to turn to Jude, verse 3. Jude only has one chapter, so it's only, it's the third verse. And we're starting this foundation series. We're going to go till we're done and look at... <clears throat> Several different things. Actually, we're going to look at we're, we're going to look at three foundations. We're going to look at faith, the word, and church and community. Faith and the word and church and community. We're going to look at and 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 come to a place of a greater understanding. I encourage you to invite people to come and to be a part of this because we're we're gonna we're gonna. We're going to talk foundation from A to Z. And in Jude 3, uh, verse 3, Jude verse 3, it says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints, to contend earnestly for the faith. Um, when, when, when some people talk about their faith, um, sometimes it's mentioned as like their, their, their denomination or their, what they think of in their mind is their religion, somebody's faith. And what, what I believe this passage of verse and many passages like it are talking about is that, that we have, and we've, we ha- Christian people have to develop a statement of faith. They, they have to know what faith is, but they have to know also what, what faith is produces and what a a life of faith creates in every area so in the next few weeks under the title of faith we're going to look at faith for salvation we're going to look at faith for what true repentance is We're going to look at what faith for baptism is. We're going to look at what faith for baptism in the Holy Spirit is. And then the last last message that we'll minister in, we may minister a couple of messages on, on on some of these five under the category of faith. We're going to talk about faith, having faith for the church. So, it's like a statement of faith that has to be established inside of us about salvation, about what true repentance is, about what water baptism really represents. It's not just an act, but there's something that is truly significant about water baptism in Scripture, about what the baptism of the Holy Spirit really is, and we have to have faith for the church. Because God is building His church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. 
And, and when, we, when we become, you, you can be a part of a congregation of people, but to be a part of the church that God is building, you have to have faith for it. And you have to understand the difficulties and, and the attacks and the demonic influence that comes after you as a result of God's word being preached on the inside of you. You get the word on the inside of you, and the Bible says that persecution cometh. Everybody say cometh. That's Elizabethan. It's Elizabethan for come. <laughs> persecution cometh for the word's sake. So when the word gets preached to you and you begin to have an understanding of the, the faith or the confidence that you have to have for a specific thing, then persecution comes. If you go to work at a, if you, if, if you get a new job and you go to work at this, this for a specific company, let's say you went to work for Wells Fargo Bank. Do you have any question that they would pay you? Why? Why, why, wouldn't you, why? why would you not question that Wells Fargo would pay you? Somewhere you developed a faith that if people tell you that you work for them and they're going to pay you, they're going to do it. I mean, you know, somewhere we developed this faith. Well, we've got to develop a faith that if God says... If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you're born of the Spirit of God. And we have to have faith for that. If, if the Bible says that to understand true repentance, that when you ask for forgiveness, that God forgives you, no matter how you feel, you have to have faith for that. If God reveals to us the importance of being baptized in water and what it represents and what happens when you come up out of water when on purpose you went in the water to leave everything there and come up out of it, the significance of that, you have to have faith for that to work for you. Right? There's a lot of things that you have faith for that you don't even think about every day. Who told you that the chair you're sitting in would hold you up? I mean, how many of you backed up to the chair and you went? <laughs> you had faith that the thing was going to hold you up. How'd you know it wasn't going to just go? <laughs> right? How do you know when you're driving down the hill tonight that when you come to the gate that you need to slow down? How many believe that your brakes will work? That gets a little bit deeper. Oh my gosh, my brakes. <sighs> right? You have faith for a lot of things that you never even think about. So why do people have such a hard time with this? Because there's a devil and a third of the fallen angels, a third of the angels that are fallen that became demons on the earth that work overtime to convince you that it's not true. I mean, they work overtime. The moment you showed up at this place, a big bullseye got right in your face. And they'll come after you. 
But the deal is, we find in Scripture they're defeated, they have no power, they have no authority over us, except what we give them. And we give demons and the devil himself authority into our lives because of a lack of knowledge and understanding and a lack of faith that what God says is true. Amen? So, just follow with me for a few minutes. I'm going to look at a few verses of Scripture concerning salvation. If you're born again tonight, you're born of the Spirit of God, all this should do is make and strengthen your commitment to God in your life. Amen? The commitment that you made to receive Jesus as your Savior. If you're not born again, tonight's a great night to get saved. Amen? So, look at John chapter 3. I'm just going to run through a number of scriptures just real quickly. And then I've got a point to make tonight. I believe when I make this point, it's going to help some of you in your thinking about your salvation. Okay? So, we've read this at different times. But it's John 3 and verse 6. Jesus was telling Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you that you must be born again. In other words, you must be born a second time. And the only way you can be born a second time is if you were born a first time. And first time meaning that you, you were born in this earth and you're sitting here tonight breathing, right? If you're sitting here, then you're a candidate for born again. Second birth. And God wants us connected to second birth benefits, right? Um, I mean, when, when somebody... When somebody loses somebody, when, when, when a child has a parent that passes on, when the parents pass on, they leave an inheritance, right? That's first birth inheritance. Well, when Jesus died over 2,000 years ago, he left an inheritance, and it's everything that's written down in this book, and it belongs to you and I, and he wants us on the receiving end of everything that this says. Second birth inheritance. Amen? And so he said, for you to be able to do that, you must be born again. So Ephesians 2 and verse 13. Says. But now in Christ... You who were once far off have now been brought near by the blood of Jesus. He said, but now in Christ. So where we go from first birth is to second birth. And when we experience our second birth, we become in Christ. Not just about Christ and not just know about Christ, but now we are in Christ. Now we are in a place of being 
in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, popular verse of Scripture that we read a lot. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, how did you get in Christ? Second birth, right? As a result of second birth, now we're in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now all things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new, or brand new, one translation says. Everything now is brand new because old things are passed away. Now the things that ruled our life and controlled our life and tormented our life that were a result of first birth, if we connect to second birth and second birth becomes top priority in understanding it, then we can receive the benefits and old things can be passed away and everything can be brand new every single day. I use that passage of Scripture all throughout the day, multiple times a day, and I'll use it for the rest of my life, reminding myself old things are passed away and behold, everything is brand new. One day I was on a golf course and uh, I'd played this golf course many times and I was standing on the tee box and I was looking down the fairway and there was a big body of water down the left side of the fairway. And I was remembering a time in the past when I had duck hooked that ball or when I had hit the ball and it had gone left and it went in the water. I was standing on the tee box remembering when that happened. And I didn't want that to happen again. So I found myself drawing from 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is brand new and I'm going to hit a good shot. And I did. And you say, well. It's a principle. See, it's a principle, and God wants you living and experiencing the principle every day. And if you don't practice it in the little things, it won't work in the big things. You don't practice it on a golf ball, it won't work for you where the enemy's hammering your head over stuff in your life, trying to keep you from experiencing everything that God has for you. Salvation is about being now in Christ. And it's about now being connected to second birth so that first birth stuff is done away with. And it's something you have to practice every day or you're going to get hit and hammered all the time with first birth torment and trials that want to continue to drag us down. Enemy will come to you. You know what? That anger that you have Your dad had that anger. Your grandpa had that anger. You're going to always be angry. It's always going to be that way for you. You're never going to be able to get over it. And man, your head's screaming out telling you, I can't get over it. I can't get free of it. I can't get past it. But in Christ, you can. Because when you're in Christ, old things are passed away and everything's brand new. If you experience that every day, you know what will happen? You know what? Just through the power of declaring that, revelation will begin to come to you. And one day, and one day, that anger will be under your feet. If you stay with it and you keep practicing it and you keep shutting it down when it wants to rise up and take control of your life and you keep reminding it, no, no, that's under the first birth curses. But I've been redeemed from the curse. Now I'm on top and I'm not underneath and I'm empowered to be able to overcome this anger or whatever it is. 
It's not going to rule my life. God is ruling my life. And we have the right to say those things and expect that kind of stuff to work in our life. Amen? That's the benefits of being born again. Ephesians chapter 1. And verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now, I'm going to say a couple things tonight that there may not be anybody in here that agrees with me. But, you know, I'm pretty popular at saying things like that, but at least you can take it and go think about it. Because I believe it's true and it's exactly what he's saying right here, okay? So I want you to think about this as we look at this. Verse 7, in him, in Christ, I am redeemed through his blood. I'm forgiven of every sin I've ever made or any sin that I'll ever commit according to the riches of his grace. I didn't make natural sense, but that's what it says. Now, the word redemption is defined as this. Redemption is to free something by paying a price. So it's to be freed from something because someone paid a price. So if the price that's on your head is $1,000, what God did is he paid that off with a million Well, but there's it's a little bit over a thousand. Doesn't matter. There's a million on credit. He delivered us. That's what his blood accomplished. Doesn't make sense. See, we live in a society where people are hung up on several major things. Okay, we live in a society where a lot of the church is hung up on, some, on several major things, all right? But the deal is, all of those things are all in one bag, and they're entitled sin, okay? But a lot of people think that there are certain things that are worse. Well, if, you know, or at least things that I've heard in all my born-again life, people make a big deal out of homosexuality. People make a larger deal, and I'm not saying that things aren't a big deal, okay? People make a huge deal about abortion. How many know that abortion's a big deal, if you understand it? How many know tonight that if you don't understand what abortion really is, and and you're uneducated, okay, that you could go through the motions of something like that and not even know what you've done? People try to make abortion or homosexuality or any type of promiscuity or, or drugs or whatever it is, people try to make those things as though they're bigger than God. Well, here's the thing. Here's the deal. You think about something that is less important, okay, that nobody's going to really think anything really bad towards you about versus if you maybe were trapped in one of those things or that one of those areas rule your life. The deal is that the Bible talks about faith 
and it talks about love and it talks about prosperity and it talks about healing it mentions homosexuality in one place it mentions a um, couple of different places in the New Testament two or three different places it mentions heterosexual adultery or whatever you, you want to call it it mentions, it mentions drunkenness and indulgence about certain things. Okay, it mentions those things. But the Bible talks about faith, love, prosperity, healing, wholeness, salvation from Genesis to Revelation. And the deal is, if we don't get in Christ, even though we might hide some of the big things that we're doing, you're going to keep doing it until you get the power to overcome. You're not good enough to stop what it is that you're doing, number one, until you become convinced that it's not right. The only way that a person can consciously walk away from something that doesn't please God is if they know God and they're in Him and they find out from Him that's not what He wants and what happens is they quit. You just lay it down. And you know where that begins? With the Word. The entrance of His Word brings light. And it shows you what's right and what pleases Him and what doesn't. And then you live your life for Him. And you know how that starts? With a simple verse of Scripture. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is brand new. Old things are passed away and everything is brand new. One thing I do, forgetting what's behind me, I'm pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. Because the truth is, the truth is you're going to do what you want to do. So, so hear me when I say this. This is where people may not agree with me. So, what's worse? Stopping something in front of people and doing it behind their back? Or continuing to do something and feeding on the Word and letting the Word deliver you? See, until we become people that are in Christ, we can't help other people to get in Christ. See, if I get in Christ and I get free and then I go try to make you quit doing what you're doing... I mean, you're putting the cart before the horse, it won't work. That baby won't pull. you got to get in Christ, get revelation on the inside of you, help other people get it in them, and then they make changes. Because the Word works. And the Word will deliver. And the Word will set you free. Amen? So, just follow with me. Two, uh, 14 more verses. Oh, let's see. No. A couple more right here. Okay, watch this. A couple things I want you to look at right here. Romans chapter 3. We're talking about being redeemed by the blood of Jesus. 
Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Everybody knows this first verse, 23. But a lot of times we forget that 24 is connected with it. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is found where? Where? In Christ. The redemption, the redeeming power is found in Christ. See, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. What was my definition of redemption? To, to, to free from by paying a price, somebody being freed and liberated. Another part of that definition is to deliver from one position to another position, to complete, to atone for. The word atonement is to reconcile and every obstacle removed for reconciliation to reconcile to atone for is to reconcile what Jesus did is he atoned for he reconciled but he removed every obstacle so that you could be reconciled and not only did he remove the obstacles so you could be reconciled but so you can reconcile other people But where does that come from? It comes from being in Christ. When I'm in Christ, when I'm born of the Spirit of God, old things are passed away and behold, everything is brand new. I can do this thing. I can walk free of things. The thing thing that has controlled my life, whatever that would be, you you could say fear, you, you could be tormented, you could be angry, you could be frustrated, you could be empowered in, by other things in your life. But all of those things that try to torment and control your life, God's saying that if you're in Christ, you're liberated and free. And the more that I declare that, and the more that I embrace that on a day-to-day basis, the more that that liberty positions me and empowers me to be able to overcome. Amen? You and I have been redeemed from spiritual death. We've been redeemed from sickness. We've been redeemed from poverty and on and on and on. We've been liberated and we've been made free. Revelation 5 and verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. What the blood of Jesus has done is it's redeemed us to God, not from God. It's redeemed us to Him, to be empowered by Him, to be set in a place of deliverance and freedom because of what His blood has accomplished. We've read that in different scriptures tonight, but but I want to say that again to you, that it's so vitally important that we've been redeemed to God. We've come up to him notice the rest of that verse out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation 
and has made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall what? We shall reign upon the earth. We're here to rule and reign as kings and priests because we've been redeemed. We've been atoned for. That, 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 that definition of, of atonement, again, is to reconcile and every obstacle removed so that I can be reconciled. That's what his blood did. It destroyed everything that was in my way, everything that was hindering me and trying to pull me down so that I can be connected to God Almighty right now, no matter what I've done. I'm telling you what drags people down, people that have been born again, what drags people down is that we constantly are reminded of the things of the past, constantly reminded of what we did 20 years ago what we did 10 years ago, what we did two minutes ago. What, and, and if we're constantly focusing on what we've done in the past, then we're not going to hear God for today, and we're definitely not going to see God in our future. Because how could God love something like me in all these mistakes and, and all the stuff that I've done, but his blood accomplished that for me? And you know, when you say that his blood did that for you, that really doesn't make natural sense really doesn't make natural sense. How, how could a person's blood deliver you? How? How could a person, how could the blood of Jesus, the blood that came out of his body, the blood that was the life of his flesh, how could that blood deliver all of mankind that ever lived or ever will live? You know how? <laughs> because it said so. <laughs> That's how much we have to believe this book. I mean, you know, we could scientifically talk about some things, but ultimately when you boil it all down, it's just because he said. How do you call those things which be not as though they were? By faith, right? How can you look at something that isn't and call it so? Doesn't make any sense. Said Abraham called those things which be not as though they were. He called, he called his wife's womb fruitful when it had been barren all of her life and she was 90 years old. Doesn't make sense. How can you call something into being that isn't? Just because he said. Question is, on a day-to-day -day basis, how much, how much time do we spend practicing calling those things which be not as though they were? See, you have to do that by faith, and you have to develop that faith, that faith that we're talking about tonight where salvation is concerned. You'll never be born again, and you'll never walk free from the curses of the firstborn or the first birth of your life. You'll never walk free from the curses of first birth if you don't experience second birth and then embrace the redemption that his blood paid for, and that means my mind has got to be renewed on a day-to-day -day basis because if not, the demons and the devil himself will try to work overtime to talk you out of it and tell you that it's not so. You don't have a right to that. Now, does it, your neighbor may or the person sitting next to you or this person or that person because, you know, they're this and they're that and they're spiritual and whatever, but not you. See, and the deal is he lies to everybody that allows him. Anybody that will allow him, he'll lie to him. He's never told the truth in his life since the day he got kicked out. Hmm? He got booted out and he's been lying ever since. He's the father of lies. 
And all he has is to try to convince you that his lies are truth, and they're not. Amen? They're not, praise God. So, I want to end with this thought tonight. Back to Ephesians 1, and I'm going to end with this. Ephesians 1, and we were in verse 7, and I'm going to just read on from verse 7. Verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace, which he made which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Verse 11, In him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Verse 13, In him... You also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. The Holy Spirit inside of you is the guarantee that everything that God has promised you, He has already given you. Until, He says, the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Until you and I, this this redemption that has been given to us, the Holy Spirit is the seal of that promise and he's inside of us revealing to us everything that rightfully belongs to us until the day we're face to face with God and we're out of this body and in the presence of, of God himself. Absence from this body is in the presence of God. And until that day, you and I have the Holy Ghost who is so sure that God swore by his own name that he's true, and he's so sure and he lives on the inside of us, and he's every day revealing to us the fact that we've been redeemed. I'm in Christ. Old things are passed away. Greater is he that is in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God is for me, then nobody can be against me. Today I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I don't lean to my own understanding. In all my ways I acknowledge him and he directs my path. Why? Because of what the the blood of Jesus did and accomplished for us. Amen? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that the Lord is made. And we choose to rejoice and be glad in it because the Holy Ghost inside of us is revealing to us that we can enjoy every day and be glad and be filled up to overflowing no matter what our circumstances look like. No matter what you're facing or what's come against you or what, what's been told you and you, you've heard certain things or someone said specific things to you and tried to discourage you and pull you down. No matter what's been said, no matter what the enemy has lied to you about, Holy Spirit is there to reveal to you, you've been redeemed. You don't have to give in to anything. Amen? And that salvation of ours, that second birth experience is so sure, it's more sure than the fact that I know that there is something right here. 
It's more sure than this. See, this thing is subject to change, right? How many know you could take a sledgehammer and mutilate this thing, right? You could take a saw and go through it or whatever. This thing is subject to, there is machinery that can destroy everything inside this room. Things that appear to be sure. But my salvation is sure if the Holy Spirit inside of me is allowed to reveal that to me every day of my life. That's why we want to be born again. That's why I, I don't, I, I'm telling you today, I don't want to receive the benefits of first birth. I thank God for my parents. I thank God for my grandparents. If, if it wasn't for my parents, I wouldn't be standing here. I thank God for both of them every day. Amen? But I'm telling you what, there's some stuff and some things and there's some Wimberly curses that are floating around and all that kind of stuff. And there's, there's you know, uh, lies that, well, several of my f- family members on, on, on the female side died of breast cancer. So then, you know, my sisters have heard those kind of things and they've had to choose whether they're going to receive that or not. There have been things about, you know... Uh, manic depressive attitude and those kind of things have flown through my family and jumped on my grandfather and my uncles and my dad and different ones and tried to get down on me. I, I just chose I ain't taking that. I'm not a manic depressive. I'm a born again child of the living God who has the Holy Ghost revealing to me every day I'm redeemed from the past. I'm redeemed from first birth curses. I'm redeemed from everything. Everything is brand new today and I'm living today and in the future. Amen? And you know what? The more you try to live in the past and take responsibility from the past, what happens is you get weaker and weaker and weaker because you can't handle what you did in the past. You can't. And the devil will beat you silly with a big stick, follow you around everywhere and beat you up and beat you silly where you can't even think straight because you're so in fear and so tormented with how bad you are. And the truth is God made you good. Say, I'm good. Yeah, but Pastor, the Bible says there's not one good. No, no, except Jesus. And say, what I claim is what he says. And he's good, and I'm connected to him, so I'm good. So you think you're good, Pastor? Guilty. Guilty. I'm good. I'm good. Say it, I'm good. Say it again, I'm good. Amen? He's great. I'm good. He made me good. How many like themselves tonight? Hmm? If you don't, you'll begin to. The more you connect to second birth, you'll like yourself. Listen, this one of the greatest revelations that you'll ever get is great commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and to love your neighbor who is everybody else but you. Love your neighbor the way you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, and you don't like yourself, and you can't stand to look at yourself, and you talk bad about yourself, and you're always cutting yourself down, then you're not going to love other people and speak good to people and speak good over people when you don't love yourself. And you know how you love yourself? You love yourself when you have the revelation of how much God loves you. Yippee-i-yay. Amen? Amen? I'm telling you, God loves you. And you are his favorite. If it had only been you, 
Jesus would have died. And you got to believe that. You, gotta, you, you have to come to a place. you got to raise. See, the blood of Jesus brought us to that place where God is. you got to begin to believe that about yourself. Man, God loves me. Wow. Amen. Heavenly Father, tonight, we so thank you for your presence. We so thank you for all that the blood of Jesus has done and accomplished for us. We thank you, Father, for tonight that we are born again people. We're born of your spirit. We're filled with your spirit. And tonight we declare we're led by your spirit. I thank you, Father, for every person in this place tonight that is born again, that their spirit man is growing and developing day by day by day by day, that they're being saved in their soul every day and being strengthened of how awesome it is to say, I've been born a second time. I've been born a second time. I was born a first time, but man, I was born a second time. Today, I'm on the receiving end of everything that second birth says is mine. And Father, we are so grateful that you've allowed us to live in this time in the history of the world to be on the receiving end of all that you've done for humanity. Thank you, Lord, for trusting us to take the great commission and make disciples and to see other people come and get set free. Because we're people tonight that are being equipped to go out and minister and be a blessing to people so that we can grow up and mature and be the people that we created to be, we were created to be. And we give you all the praise tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Can I, can I say one more thing to you as I take a drink of water? When I shared with you on the, on the, on the, whatever day it was, the 19th, I think it was, on that Vision Sunday, and I shared with you Ephesians chapter 4, 11, 12, and 13, and I said, we're to be equipped to do the ministry so we can mature. If people, if people will come in and be equipped and they receive the word and they take what they know, I don't care if they've been born again for 45 minutes, if they take what they know and they take it and, and allow their lives to minister to other people. I'm not talking about preaching to people. I'm just talking about allowing the life of God to flow out of you. If you get equipped, if you come in and you hear the word, entrance of the word brings light, and you take that and you do something with it, what it'll cause you to do is be delivered and set free of sins and cause you to grow up and mature and be who God created you to be. And the missing thing, the missing ingredient, I think, in the church for the longest time was the fact that, well, we got to get equipped and we got to hurry up and mature so then we can minister. And that's why people stay in their sins because they don't minister. We've all been called to minister, as he said tonight, reconciliation to the lives of people. Amen? So remember that. More words you hear, and then the more you do something with that in being a blessing to other people the quicker it'll cause your life to mature and things to become a thing of the past. I just tell you this, you get away from the word 
and you become really critical of everything that's going on in life. You get away from the word and a critical spirit begins to set in. I know. There have been times and seasons when I was so busy that I was out of the word and I, I, I end up having to catch myself and saying, you know, what, what are you saying? What are you doing? Speaking against somebody that is created in the image of God, saying things, agreeing with other people about junk and mess. It's because I got off the word. You got to stay on the word and do something with the word and that delivers you and causes you to mature. Amen? That was just free tonight. Okay, God bless you. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.